This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to episode two of SM Media's Road to Cheltenham 2022. I'm Scott with Pike. It's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. Blade as always, we joined by Callum McLaughlin for the Scottish Daily Mail. Callum, how are we? Yeah, all good. How are you? I'm all good, thank you. It's been a the jump the jump season is is back. We're off and running. It's been a, a busy weekend. Is what's been kind of catching your eye this weekend? Uh, probably just uh, the throwdown race at uh, Down Royal. It was just kind of a, a genuine top class grade one. Two or three, two or three, four horses, you know, jumping, staying last together. It's a terrific race, you know. It's just a trademark Grade One, three mile steeple chase. It kind of gets a gets a juices flowing for the rest of the season. Yeah, it was a brilliant race. We'll touch on a bit later on in more detail, but we're going to go straight into our fan questions. We got a few this this week regarding obviously a few things to take take note of. First question: What is your takeaway from Willie Mullins' stable tour from the sport and life? There's about 10 or, 10 or 12 takeaways you can take away for that bit of detail. But I'll expl- ask you, Callum, first, what was your takeaway for William Mullins' stable tour? What was the main one you thought was a big eye-catcher? Um, in, in general, I think um, he's, he's saving a lot over fences mm-hmm. um, earlier than expected. Um, thought maybe keep two or three over hurdles, you know, like Concertista. I would have liked to see Galden Gal- Manil stay over hurdles. But yeah. it seems... Echoes and Rain as well seems to be more kind of mayor's huddle than, than than champion huddle, but I think he's just these stable tours. I think he's just thinking out loud as well. Um, for instance, Dart Raven, I think was a good example of you know, Sport and Life one. It was very, um, we think it might be a stair and the racing post, and it could be any trip. So, yeah. you know, I, do, I do think trainers kind of don't really know until they've seen the track as well, but it's always good to have a rough idea of what they're going to do. Um, but Concertista going off fences, I think, was a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah. I, didn't yeah. That. I thought, I thought that, that was the one that stuck out for me as well. Hot and Kalur going over fences as well. That's one that's quite interesting. St. Sam as well. I thought St. Sam could be a potentially very well-handicapped horse for a, a kind of hurdle at the festival. But again, there's a lot more to take into it. But as you say, with, with his novice hurdles, you, novice hurdles, you just, he mentioned, he didn't mention three that I thought could be kind of big Big players, Dysart Dynamo, Champ Keeley and Edel Dion was another one. So it shows you the strength and depth he's got when he doesn't mention them. So it just shows you. But again, it's you see the strength and depth he has in the novice hurdle division in particular. It's so impressive, isn't it? Yeah, everywhere. You know, I mean, it's, it's the last stable tour out, isn't it? Probably because it's got so many, yeah. so many divisions. Um, it, it seems that they're trying to do and appreciate it with Kilcrute and State of Two Miles and Sir Gerhard might go off and trip. I'd be more inclined to take some Gerhard on in a ballet more than Kilcrute in a Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. From, from, from a starting, a standing start at the moment, um, he's, he's got so many options and yeah, I think he's just trying to figure it out like, like everyone else. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be, probably will hope to see a couple of the, the kind of stars out in the next few weeks, but it's one to keep an eye over Willie Mullins, just the amount of insane depth he has in kind of most divisions. Second question, how do you keep track of all your horses over the season? Do you use a diary to keep track of your progress? I'll give that to you, because I don't really use a diary. I just kind of follow this. Yeah, uh, I just keep a tracker. I do the same for flat and jumps. Um, mm-hmm. See performance and see a race. Um, 
analyse it. I like putting my own figures on as well. Um, only really for mainly for graded races, you know, use my own figures. Um, for instance, I think you know, racing post time form, you know, it's st stuff like that. I, th I think they do give a bit inflated figures. Um, in terms of Cheltenham, I'd probably give the Brits a little less than the official handicapper does. I think there are a lot of very poorly handicapped horses due to the nature of, of British racing. That mm -hmm. I mean, you could have like say you know, a, a good a good novice you know turns into a chaser. Espar de Romy, for example, take him take him uh, in, in isolation. He's rated 160. Now, at Carlisle, you would think, okay, he's rated 160. You'll fiddle him with so low, low 150s. So Espar de Romy's a class act. He's been handicapped in one run, where he may or may not have beat Shantry House. Yeah. So, so therefore, anything that runs like, gives Espar de Romy a race, you know, is going to get whacked in the handicap as well. Um, it's, it's it's quite peculiar, but I think that's why you know Irish had a lot of success at Cheltenham, uh, particularly in the handicaps, you know, because they're, they're so well in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like to keep my own figures and keep my own notes, and you know, recent post trackers are always quite useful for for a horse that you think oh, that that shaped quite well, it wasn't fit, and I quite like this horse to go to this race, and if it does, it alerts you, and you could back it or, or not back it accordingly. Yeah, I think that they're spot on there. I think that's the right way to go. Will anyone catch Brian Hughes in the UK Jump Racing Jockeys Championship? I don't think so. I think he's too far in front just now. I think he's somewhere like 50 clearer, Harry Cobden and Harry Skelton. That's the only two I really see contending with him, but he's, he seems to have opened up a really commanding lead so far. Yeah, uh, Harry Skelton's probably the, the main rival, maybe down the line um, when, it, when it really kicks off again um, more and more. The Northern Circuit's very useful. Mm -hmm. Right, he's in particular in Donald McCain's yard. You know, his main, main yard is really important. You know, it starts in flying form. Maybe it's a, li a little less competitive up here and there's, there's less less attention on it and focus. Um, I think Musselburgh on Saturday, you know, when everyone's watching Weatherby down Royal and ask it, you know, he's up there, Musselburgh, you know, riding a five-timer, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that makes a massive difference. Um, he's... He, he is the king of the north and every time, you know, you go racing up the north, you, you, you kind of look out and is Brian Hughes right? Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's probably significant and he's, he's probably going to get a winner at least on, on any card. Yeah, I think that's exactly why Brian Hughes is so far in front. I know obviously in Scotland, Scotland is probably the main man, like just seems to be there all the time. But again, it's just, it's it's the right way to go into it. It's obviously, he's he's doing it well. He's kind of so, he's so far in front right now, it's going to be very difficult to catch him already. But again, it's something to keep an eye on. But for us, I think Brian Hughes is probably so far in front right now. Final question. Are you glad to see Gordon Elliott back having winners and does he deserve forgiveness? This is a tough one because obviously this is a this is one we've spoke about a lot. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably been done to death now. Uh, yeah, he's back, so uh, his winning record is pretty good. Down Royal, I think he was okay, seven or eight. Yeah, I think he's seven, yeah. And he targets that quite successfully. Um, nah, he's made a mistake. He's 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 owned up about it, and I think we can afford to forgive and forget. Not exactly forget. I mean, it's it's still going to run against him all, all the time. You know, particularly when he does come back uh, to Cheltenham in yeah, mm -hmm. a meeting like that. He's he's always going to be under the microscope, and he's he's got to 
he has been punished and as long as he learns from it and as long as he's genuinely remorseful about it then I'm, I'm happy enough to happy enough to forgive him yeah I think that as well I think it's just a case of it's it's going to be a kind of thing that's always going to live with him I don't think he's going to be able to kind of live it down but again it's just it's one of those things it's kind of by with the kind of rules the people the regulators have made their decision and things like that and it's again he's seen back and a lot of kind of big stables have stuck with him like the Morans obviously JP and Gigginstein have still got horses with him so again it's probably just a, an unfortunate event that we're just kind of hopefully just kind of we, we don't see again and obviously we don't kind of it just goes away but again it's one of those things but we're good that's our questions for this week if you want to send a question in to myself or Callum please send it in in the comments below and we'll read it out in next week's show we are going to move on to quite an extensive recap <laughs> We're now at the stage where we're going to recap the horses that have caught our eye since we were last on the on air in April. And obviously there's quite a lot. Now, obviously there's way too many horses to kind of do a date back. So we're going to do it in kind of race order for the, the races at the festival. So we'll start off with potential Supreme contenders. We'll start off with my mate Mossy for Gavin Cromwell. Won a maiden at Punchestown by eight lengths a few weeks ago. Beat our horse called Barbados for the Harringtons, who was... Who was kind of well thought of, jumped really well into 16 for the Supreme. I was really taken by this performance. It was one of the first that really caught my eye in the Supreme Division. Yeah, good performance. Yeah, uh, Gavin Cromwell stable tend to be quite forward as well um, at this stage in time. I was quite impressed by it. I think he's a bit short in the market now. Um, you do wonder if there's you know, others with flashier profiles that are open to further progress than, than that. He could be one to keep an eye on in a county hurdle potentially down the line if his mark is is, is lenient enough. Yeah, again, yeah, it was it was impressive, but again, as you say, it's maybe too short just now. I like to move it for Twist, uh, Nigel Twiston Davis was very very good in the performance at Cheltenham, beating Tritonic and Stephanie Causeway. Twenty five for the Supreme. He also won a novice hurdle at Worcester a few weeks before that. You really fancied this horse going into this race, didn't you? It was a Again, obviously beating Tritonic, who was really good as a juvenile last year. Stephanie Cosby was good. Very, very good. And obviously beating the beating the big boys is always a good advantage going into a season like that. Yeah, race fit as well. Bit of an edge. Stable and form. He was targeted for it. Um, Nigel Twisted Davis compared him to, he's, he's a bit kind of like the new one in, in stature. Again, I think he looks like an ideal candidate for like a Betfair hurdle or something. Maybe. Yeah. Kind of like a, a soaring glory type. Um, that can kind of go through the kind of rungs of the handicap first and then maybe have a pot shot at a grade one come spring. But yeah. He, he did it quite well. He was very professional. Yeah. Tritonic as well, we mentioned for him, was he, is he kind of living up to the what we, what we feared that could be just a, a flash in the pan at uh, Lincoln? He ran okay. He, he got outpaced at a key moment and then kind of plugged on and hung for a bit of pressure. It wasn't a bad performance. I'd expect him to come <coughs> I think he's going to be he's going to be a trademark kind of tricky uh, four year old talent five. He's going to be quite hard to place. Particularly off, I think he's one four two as well. So again, mm-hmm. I think high, um, but he, he, he could resume his progress. Still young, plenty of options. Maybe even revert to the flat as well uh, later mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Friday, uh, Saturday down Royal. Sorry, Mighty Potter was a good one. One for Gordon and Elliot. One a maiden by twenty nine lengths into twenties for the Supreme. Looked impressive. Uh, visually impressive. You can argue the form in behind, but Eventually, looked really good. Yeah, it was impressive. You know, he did what he take to do in the market at four to nine favourites. So, I think people were kind of expecting that. I don't think it was the strongest no. uh, race in the world, and 
against the cut from you know, four teams and it kind of half the price is, doesn't really hold much appeal at this stage, I don't think. Yeah, that's the kind of supreme horses we've we've kind of looked at. There's not really any anything else kind of caught with I so far, but again, it's still really early days in that. On to the Arkle, third time lucky was a really impressive winner at Cheltenham. A really good jumping performance. Into 12 to 1 for the, the Skeltons for that race. Likely the kind of avenue they would go down. He looks like he's taking to fences really well. That was a good performance. It was a natural. Um, jumped a lot better than, let's say, say, all mankind at that point last year. Uh, again, 140 rated operators in behind. Uh, any news, for instance, jumped terribly. So, Again, there was not a lot of pressure, but the time was quite smart. It was a good performance. I think he's he was he's, he was just below the top top rung of um, good novice level last year. So therefore, on the back of your mind, you're thinking about Arkell. You're thinking, well, it could be the same over fences, even though he's mm-hmm. improved for offence, because you still expect your best novice hurdles to still improve for offence as well. So you'd imagine he's got a little bit to find. But the opening quote after the performance of twenties was more than fair. You'd be tempted at that twelve to one. Not so much. I uh, know. 20 to 1 looked, looked decent, but again, 12 to 1 just seems too short. Champion Hurdle, a couple to mention who have kind of set the standard early on. Saudi obviously won the Galway Hurdle really well and then went on to win the Grade 3 at Tipperary that San Raw won last year. 33s, obviously he's got a lot to find because we, we saw last year they just get outpaced and just didn't really keep up with the, the main contenders. But again, what do you kind of think? Is still a wee bit, still a lot to find in that division? I don't like it. I don't think he likes Cheltenham at all. No. Uh, he always past forms. Jesse hates the track, so I'm not really interested in him. I think they're going to step him up and trip, maybe go two and a half miles. Uh, maybe, maybe the Hatton's Grace is what Willie Mullins is pointing at. But uh, in terms of the Cheltenham Festival, uh, I don't think he's a Cheltenham horse. No, me neither. But again, obviously, the, the kind of main Irish horse so far that's kind of won. Galway Hurdle's obviously a big. Aramon obviously won that last year. We thought he was going to be a big player in the champion hurdle until he got injured. Zani here won well on Friday at Down Royal. Obviously, was one of the best juveniles last year. Just, again, was unfortunate to triumph. 16s for the champion hurdle. Again, another horse that's probably going to need to step up if he wants to contend in that division. Yeah, it's an interesting angle of four going five. Proof it's tree on. Proof, proof that that is formed towards the tail end of last season was kind of all wrong. Um, that, that does make you wonder, though, you think, is he an autumn horse? Is he an autumn and winter horse rather than a spring horse? Which yeah. worry a bit about festivals. He also shapes as if he's a bit of a stare. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we go out and trip with him. Uh, I think two miles is probably his, his, his bare, bare minimum. Uh, I, I, think, I think you get quite badly outpaced in a champion huddle. Maybe further down the line, maybe not this season, maybe the following season, he could be a stare support candidate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they looked... Last year, like, a couple of runs he had before Cheltenham, he looked a machine. He just he won a fast-paced race and a slow-paced race. Won well, didn't cast me, it was only really contender to beat him, he beat him quite well, so again, probably will need to step up, but again, wouldn't be for me at, at the moment. Mayor's Hurdle, there's only really kind of one horse, and she won really well on Saturday, uh, Saturday at uh, Weatherby, Molly, all his wishes for the Skeltons. Really good performance, beat some good contenders like Miranda, Marie's Rocks, and Bella was in there. 10-1 to now for the Mayor's Hurdle, that's crazy short, isn't it? Yeah, way too short, but it's just quite versatile. Um, Reminds you of Roxanne in a way, how versatile yeah. she is. But she hasn't had a run at Chelsea. She, she, she ran quite often. She's never run there. Um, I just don't think it's going to be her main target. But being tactically versatile is it's really useful at Chelsea Festival. Trip-wise, you know, pace, 
didn't bother with you, but Harry Seal just took the race with the scruff of the round the bend, kicked on, um, and it was it was a really good ride. And she, her rating suggests that she's a big player in the mayor's hurdle, but again, you know what what ran to form in behind the, the second Miranda needed the run, stayed on. Marie's Rock is just not trained on and. Her head carriage is still awkward. She was staying on. She needed more of a trip as well. And the rest in behind have run no race at all. So I, I didn't don't think she needed to run to see a, a mid mid one forty high one forty performance. Yeah, on top of that, you know, you need probably at least a stone of natural improvement to compete in a mayor's hurdle. So she's, I think think she's plenty short enough, and she shaped that day like a bit of a flat track bully as well. And I'd be I'd be wondering if if Cheltenham's off track. Hence why she's not ran on it as well. Yeah, we'll move on to the Ballymore. Nothing really to mention in the Ballymore that's caught our eye so far, but again, it's we could potentially change next week. Brown Advisory, Brave Man's Game, goes into joint favourite after a really good performance at Newton Abbott, beating the lights off, Fusel Raffles in the big breakaway. Fusel Raffles obviously went on to win on Saturday. When it comes to a first round of jumping, I don't think you'll see anything more impressive, but what do you think? What was your thought, overall thoughts for that performance? Very good, you know. Nick, Paul Nichols always suspected that he would improve significantly for offence. Uh, a very natural performance. I can see why he's been propelled up there near the top of the market. It sets a pretty useful standard already at, at novice level. Yeah, I mean, he was very good as well. Obviously, big breakaway fell. Jumped really well. Jumped. We always, we always did think he would improve for offence and per, perhaps improve for a step up and trip. But it's going to be. I think he's running on Saturday at the Future Stars. Nice, no, good. So, Nice. So again, that could be one to keep an eye on. Again, it'll maybe be a shorter trip again, but we'll be keen to see what he's like when he goes up to kind of three miles. Obviously, I would imagine Kempton's probably the next, the kind of next plan for him. Obviously, that caught a star chase at Nichols targets quite quite well. Yeah, he looks like that kind of horse, doesn't he? Um, Chelan's no negative for him either, so he looks quite versatile. He also looked that he strengthened up quite considerably as well um, yeah. on his debut. So. No, I think there's a lot, a lot more to come from him. I can see why people are, are raving about. Yeah, he's into sexes, but we'll move into a race over the over the weekend. Lifetime ambition beat uh, Beacon Edge and Albert Ballard winner Vanillier in a, a two mile four novices chase. Lifetime ambitions for the Harringtons is into twenty fives. Beacon Edge we've got about twenties for the Brown Advisory Vanillier fourteens. What was your overall takeaways for that race? <laughs> the winner won because he's the only one that liked the trip. Mm. Uh, Beacon Edge needed further, and Vanilla needed a lot further. They're probably the second field are probably better kind of festival prospects in behind. What race would go to? I'm not too sure. Beacon Edge probably is a brown advisory horse. And Vanilla, you could be National Hunt chase yeah. um, the way you shape, but yeah, I mean, probably a pipe opener for them. So I'd expect them to improve. Quite a bit, particularly Vanilla as well. I thought he shaped quite well. He just get badly outpaced towards the end. Yeah, just get outpaced on the on the day. Lifetime ambition looks as if he's he's quite good. There. I would maybe even say Mars for him could potentially be again. That's interesting. Champion Chase. The first kind of clue we'll get is just after we record this. We're recording this on a Tuesday morning. We're going to have the Howden Cold Cup later on at Exeter. Greenatine's entered in that. It's got an insane rating of one six eight. I would say if he wins that, he's potentially. A bigger star than we thought it was, but what's your kind of thoughts on that race? Uh, Grenatine's an interesting horse. He's he's he shaped quite well in the championship. He thought he was actually a bit unlucky. Mm-hmm. And out of the ones that are a bit of a price at fourteen to one, 
you kind of look at it and you think, well, he should be 20s or somebody should be 20 plus, but actually, you see the trainer, what he did with Clitalog, how he should be improving with age a little bit. He, he is quite a kind of, he's a bit of a fascinating contender. Um, 168 does look a bit on the high side. Um, yeah. Always achieved, but and he also shapes as if he can, can get two and a half miles quite easily as well. No bad for the champion chase if you get excess stamina. But yeah. I'd be keen that I'd... I think I think a stronger run champion chase than he got last year would have actually helped him. Uh, yeah, I'd be keen for that man in that race in the, the race today. I think he's I was a seventeen pounds well in. I think he's probably the set the standard in that race. But that's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that obviously next week with the, the recap there. The bumper there's a few horses to mention. First of all, Pink in the Park at ten to one for the Mullins team. She looks she looked really good. She looks like she's a brilliant turn of foot. The only thing is she seems to be going towards kind of Leopardstown. I don't think they're maybe going to target the festival, but that again, that well, it's Willie Mullins and a bumper that could change. Yeah, it's getting the mayor's bumper route, isn't it? I mean, there's a prestigious mayor's bumper at Leopardstown. It's one at the end of the season at Punxsutown as well. Yeah, Age Street, so they might avoid the champion bumper altogether. Um, probably an interesting price as well, um, given that two Mullins horses that are quite prominent in the champion bumper betting are going novice hurdling. So. Mm-hmm. He probably has quite a few uh, decent options available to him that we've probably not really heard about yet. Yeah, there's still plenty to come of that, but Pink in the Park really stood out to me as a, a potential uh, candidate for that if she goes there. Saturday, uh, Friday, the media are one really nice night, looks a nice prospect, 16 to 1 for the bumper for Elliot. I thought it was good. I thought it was a, it was a good performance. Certainly. Not th- not three times the price as a potential favourite should it be. I don't think there should be that big a gap. No, uh, I think Gordon Elliott is quite keep, will be quite keen to win this race given the Sir Gerhard was kind of uh, yeah sold away from um, yeah. I, I think in terms of bumpers, uh, I think it's just ridiculous too much focus on bumpers. You know, flat racing, it's kind of it jumps and bumper horse right now. It's a bit. It's a bit too soon, too short for me. The favourite now is American Mike. Five to one is it's as short as five to one in some places. That's ridiculously short. Um, it was impressive enough. I mean, it didn't again, you can argue the form in behind as you can with a lot of these races, but that just seems crazy short to me in the beginning of November. Five to one in some places. Yeah, again, it's kind of the, the bumper line of uh, Elliot won it. With Sir Gerhard last year, so we think he's going to target a good one at it. Um, Willie Mullins seems to have his 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 anti post best champion bumper horses seem to be going uh, novice hurling. So you can see why they're probably because of have taken a lot of drastic drastic slashing to the price and stuff. But five and six is yeah, it's, it's a bit it's a bit short, particularly you haven't really seen. Uh, any real opposition against them yet? Yeah, I know that's that's a, a market that's going to have plenty of twists and turns before March. On to the March, a few to mention. Does he know a horse of Kim Bailey's? Has won two chases, obviously beats the under through five, who again runs today at Exeter. 33 to one. We've always said if this horse was taking a improve for a fence, he could be one to note for this season. He did look really good. He looked as if he improved for a fence. Yeah, I think he needs a trip as well. He's mm-hmm. a three miler. Um, yeah, potentially, yeah. Reminds me a lot about Happy Go Lucky. So you know, if he gets a lenient mark, I'd keep an eye on him for the Ultima or something like that. Um, it's, it's kind of novice chaser that way. 
I mean, me and Rival ran through the rails, so yeah. he's. I think he was going to win anyways, but but he he is kind of he does have a he does remind me of Happy Go Lucky in terms of it. He's probably not quite a graded operator, which was evident in that really strong Ballinor uh, last year in Hurdle days, but it went wrong when he ran out at Newbury in the Chal Hurdle. He's getting back to his old self and he, he, he respects his fences a lot more than he does Lee's Hurdles and it's a bit like Happy Go Lucky did and uh, I just think he's a, he's a good honest horse and I think if you give him a decent mark he's probably capable of winning something like an Ultima. Yeah, on to Huntingdon and Sunday. Miller's Bank won the one on Novice's Chase there. Obviously, Kadzan obviously fatally fell to out, so you can argue if he was a one or not. But again, Miller's Bank for Alex Hales. It's good to see Alex Hales have a horse like that. And it's kind of 25s. Looked, looked, looked a good jumper, looked a really good jumping performance. It was a solid performance. Uh, terrible news about Kadzan. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to try and uh, see him replicate it, uh, do it again. When, when properly challenged as well. Yeah, again, it's kind of obviously sad news about Kadzan, but Miller's Bank did look re- it looked really good at a jumping performance. Uh, Cork in Sunday as well, Cape Gentleman won the novices chase there, beat Run Wild Fred, who we know could probably do a step up and trap. He's one I'm really keen on for the National Hunt chase, but we'll maybe touch on that later on. Run Wild Fred made a few mistakes, but Cape Gentleman jumped well, won in a canter in the end up, didn't he? Yeah, again, I think it's good gauging how how fit some of these horses are in comparison to comparison to their rivals. It run well Fred was second, but he was quite fit. He, he did it's at least another mile, doesn't he? Yeah. He shapes. And Kate Gentleman kind of just poached from the front. He looked quite fit from a, a, a recent spin as well. And he's he's been campaigned as well over the summer on the flat. So you kind of expected that to happen. Um there was a few disappointments in behind but you can only do what you can do at this stage of the season and then try and kick on from there and see where the next target is. He's certainly, certainly a graded horse. I think he is a now and out two and a half miler at this stage anyway. Yeah, he looked good. He looked really good, Jim. I mean, Ronald Fred's one I'm keen to, keen to look at for the future, but Cape Gentleman did what he had to do. Ryanair, a couple to mention. Obviously, All Mankind won the old run very well last week. In the 20s, probably the best he's jumped, to be honest. But again, we don't really know if this horse likes Cheltenham or not. Again, it's it's one of those ones we'll need to keep an eye on. Yeah, and by all accounts, I don't think he's going to go back there. According to Dan Steele, yeah, looks unlikely. He did it well. It was very very gutsy performance, holding on, clinging on up the running, uh, and I expect him that his main target's going to be entry uh, towards the end. The two and a half mile melon chase, I think, would be be his. his yeah, it's probably his plan. Yeah, but again, it's one a. Probably a, not really much else is going to run. Obviously, the, the Charlie Hall was an interesting one. I want to get your thoughts on. What was your thoughts overall? Shan Blue, how far would they have won by? I don't know, because he went out three, three from home. Um, <laughs> was he, was he going to tire? I mean, he, he treated 1.04, so he was, he was inevitably going to win. If you just sit tight and hold, you'd probably just maintain the gap. So it was a brilliant jump and display up until that third last one. It was so oh, it, was, it was very good. You know, just attack Surname and once he heads Surname, he's beaten. So and then take a look around and suggest that it's game over if you just you know pop the last two or three and yeah. it's done. But yeah, he would have won by about 15, 20 lengths, you'd think. Yeah, easily. Yeah, but obviously Dan's getting put out a wee video today just saying they're going to take it easy the next couple of months and potentially target 
Uh, Cheltenham and Aintree, we won't likely see him over Christmas. I think they were planning King George. I think now, obviously, that's not going to happen. He's more of a Mars than a, a gold cut horse, I would think, Shamblu, isn't he? Uh, Ryan Ayer. Uh, Ryan Ayer, yeah, sorry, yeah. You think you look... Again, I'm not convinced Cheltenham's his bag uh, completely. And if he's going to run Ryanair, he likes to be running aggressively and prominently. Uh, I don't think Aleph will, will allow that. No. So I would I'd be tempted to bypass Cheltenham. But he does what he what he does have is a is a is a ludicrously well in mark one four eight. So in, in terms of Cheltenham, if you're not going to run him again until we see the Paddy Power plate, he would win because one four eight is obviously he's almost like the borderline one sixty horse. Um, but because he fell three out, handicapper can't hike him up, even though he's shaping up to beat some men who could say that he's ridiculously overrated. But uh, yeah, he's going to get a good, a good stone on top of his rating there if he'd won. Yeah. Yeah, and if he's not, just one four eight suggests that you can protect that mark. And, and if if there is a little bit of a mark after his fall, then you could probably find a decent, valuable handicap and a race that should probably win. Yeah, on good terms. Though. Fuzzle Raffles obviously reaped to the rods. He won for Nicky Henderson. Obviously was second in the Mars last year behind Chantry House. So he's got, he, he does he does do a lot of things right, Fuzzle Raffles. He's into 16s now for the Ryanairs, probably, I would say, where he would go if he's going back to the festival. But again, just did what he had to do and end up obviously reaped to the rods of what happened beforehand. Yeah, they finished quite tiles well in behind, which suggests that Shanley was certainly not going to get caught. Uh, he just picked up the pieces, didn't he? Uh, he yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think Shelton suits him quite well. I think he'd also appreciate better ground. But <clears throat> a three-mile trip around Shelton, I think he barely got it there, didn't he? So he'd be tempted to drop him back for a Ryanair, maybe. I think he's kind of in the Mr. Fisher mould of he's probably a grade two horse. Yeah, probably, yeah. Some name, what's next? It looks like retirement, doesn't it? I mean, he, yeah. He, he kind of gurgles when he gets headed, and it was exactly the same thing that happened in the King George where he where he bombed out. Uh, just get outpaced, didn't he? Just they've tried various wind mm-hmm. options and trying to help him, you know, breathe, but he, he just seems to just seems to lose his head when when he's surrounded by horses and when, when he's headed, he's 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 done for. Yeah. Maybe the Altior race. Years ago, I asked him, did bottom both them out a little bit? I would say so, yeah. It's probably, he's not been the same since then. He's bit, again, he's probably not going to be a, if we ever see him again, I don't think it's going to be in a Cheltenham Festival. But we'll move into the stairs. Obviously, Buzz is one that caught a lot of people's eye, obviously winning the Cesarewitz the way he did. 14 to 1 for the stairs. Nicky Henderson obviously saying that seems to be the kind of way they want to go. He'll need to step up. He's obviously done quite well in handicaps at in the past year but it's going to be a big step up if that's where he wants to go yeah he shaped well in a grade one at Aintree didn't he mm-hmm. the finished second yeah suggested he can be a graded horse the worry I would be is Cesaro it's two mile two you know, winning that does suggest he'll certainly get three miles on time I'd like to see him try that before before um, you know going to Cheltenham because mm-hmm. it's really stiff three mile up Cheltenham yeah. it's like grade one level yeah, I think they'll Taking it gently with us, I think they'll gradually go up and trip with him, with you know that being the ultimate target. Given the fact that he doesn't really have a lot of graded experience, um, I think his price at the moment is a little bit short, but it's a different angle into a, a division that's never really seen as, as overly strong. 
Yeah, no, there's not really a lot of depth to it. But indefatigable one in one the West Yorkshire on Saturday. She could have a, she's another versatile one. She could potentially go kind of mayor's stairs, potentially handicap if she's still well in. The one I want to talk about is Paisley Park. Obviously, we know obviously a former stairs hurdle winner last year was third. I think he, I think I finished third, but he finished third again, obviously staying on, looked outpaced for a lot of the race. What do we think about Paisley Park? I know there was potential talk about going over fences. I don't I think that was kind of not nipped in the bud relatively quickly, but Stayed on, just always finds that flat spot, but it just seems to be too long now, the flat spot, and it just seems to be a bit a, a horse with a bit more pace just gets the better of him. Yeah, and it is a 10 now, isn't it? So, I mean, it's, it's going to get harder and harder for him. Mm-hmm. In his defence, the race was completely unsuitable for him. They went no pace at all. Yeah. yeah and that just doesn't suit him. He was under the pump for a long, long way from home, and then he ran on towards the end. So, there might be more optimism in it than... Than, than first thought, he also, I think he wants also wants he wants soft ground as well. It's drying out. Uh, he wants a bottomless slog to be seen in best effect. And a lot of good staying huddle types do race behind the bridle a little bit. But his flat spot was prolonged. It was a long, long way out as well. Um, he was nickel long, pushed along. He never travels well anyway. But you can expect the turbo to kick in. And it takes a little bit longer now, I think. And yeah. You can see it, but you can see him. If, if he gets his conditions and if he gets a proper pace to you, Matt, you can see him running a decent race at a stiffer track, like Chelm, if it's soft ground. So I wouldn't completely dismiss him. No, uh, not at all. It's a, it's a race that throws up funny results and funny tactical scenarios. It's all about if, if, he, gets a, if he gets a right one on the day. Yeah, definitely. But again, that's another one we'll, we're keen to see again. Mayor's Novice, just want to mention, Imperious for uh, the Elliott team, won an Novice hurdle at the stall and then went on to bolt up in a grade three and Friday down Royal. 12-1 to 1 for the Mayor's Novice. She's probably the standout contender so far. Yeah, uh, LAS Bell of Dan Skelton's is probably quite good in terms of bumper form. Haven't seen yeah. it yet. We might see her quite soon. It was, it was a good performance. I don't think there was a great deal of depth in either race, but She's done it quite well, you know. She's quite forward, reliable. Probably appreciates decent ground, um, and what what Elliot normally does, particularly these down oil containers, is race them quite quickly, give them a winter break, and then bring them back for Shelton. So I mean, it's already looking at Shelton's in mind already. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, we'll move on to the triumph. A couple to mention: uh, the Moors have a horse called Porticello who won well at Weatherby. Fourteens now. Again, you could argue the, the form of the race, but jumped well up until the, the kind of last, just got a bit kind of wandered with a loose horse, but probably the best British one we've seen so far. Yeah, a big, burly, ungainly horse. Uh, you'd think gentlemen would actually suit him in that evidence. So Weatherby's a bit flat, he kind of wandered around. And it's, it's really wide as well. There's a lot of open space to wander about in. Uh, logged. He's very unfurnished. I'd expect him to come on for that significantly. And... If, if he, if, well, his engine is a bit Gaussian like, and the way he runs about and runs down hurdles suggests that he might be a bit Gaussian like as well in, in his approach. So it, it could be a monster. Um, who, who knows? Uh, his French, his background French form is certainly very, very, very good. Uh, Magistrato of Paul Nichols has mm-hmm. come out and, and done something kind of similar. So it, it probably suggests that it's a strong strong line of, of, of triumph, of potential triumph for many. 
Yeah, definitely. The eye catcher on Saturday at Down Royal was uh, filled off for Gordon Elliott into ten to one favourite in some places. Jumped really well. What was one eye catcher to me was how well he jumped. Sixteen lengths victory, very commanding. Went out, went and drifted a wee bit, but just justified just how good he he looks. Right favourite, look good. Definitely, <clears throat> definitely the same race. Colexios won last year. You will not see many professional juveniles like that in a long, long time. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. And he would he would want a better pace and, and probably better ground as well. Didn't bother him. Settled. Mm-hmm. David Russell asked him to quicken, quickened. Really, really positive performance. Okay, the time's ordinary, the, the form in behind might be ordinary. But the, the constitution of this horse at the age of three or four already is frightening. It's, I think it was worryingly, worryingly good. Um, I think 12 is more than fair. Yeah, I've seen 12s, I've seen 10s as well. There's a lot of. Wells of Sky, but I mean, even after it was 14s, and I did, I did think, yeah, I'm going to have some of that because Qualexios was underestimated because of his professionalism last year. I thought he was just professional, there was nothing flashy about him. Yeah. Um, Zani here, I think, had the more flashier, pacier pedigree, and probably the flashier form as well. But Phil Dorr was just a professionalism of the attitude. And that's what you want to see in juveniles. You know, you, you know, in comparison to Porticello, for instance, you know, it was, it was like chalk and cheese, really. Um, one like the finish article, one one could develop into the finish article. Can we do that this season for a Cheltenham festival? You'd rather back Phil Dorr at 12s and Porticello at 14s. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but we'll move into that with Barla. A couple to mention there. Bardenstown Lad from uh, John McConnell. Stayed on really well to win that race. Looked as if he was beat a long way out, but I managed managed to get home. I justified a really big gamble on the day. It was obviously the race streets had Oyen won last year, who went on to finish third, I think, in the Bartlett last year. So there's there's that uh, kind of eye catching kind of similar path that Bardenstown lads went down. Were you impressed? Yeah, and you'd expect him to be kind of put away with that in mind later on in the season. He'd probably need decent ground. Um, I'm not convinced he's going to get. Uh, the ballot's going to be as weak as it was last season, potentially. Um, and I'm not convinced he's as good as Sweet Sadoin because Sweet Sadoin won that race last year at an absolute canter. Mm. I mean, heavy weather of it a little bit. He's a bit lazy, races behind the bridle. Um, you'd expect him to improve for it, you know, have another run, maybe put him away, try and sharpen him off it. But he did, he did. You know, classic kind of staying tight, you know, looks beat, but plugs on, finds for pressure. So you know he's going to, he's probably going to get an honest good effort from him if you are a, a fan of him or not yeah it looked really it looked good it looks if he battled on but again it could be the problem maybe not see him to the festival but again it's one to keep an eye on hollow games won a lot more impressively obviously a horse you've, you've mentioned before 16 to 1 obviously one over two miles six at down royal we knew last year this horse was was potentially a good horse but he did look really impressive the other day yeah, they couldn't quite get him right last year. It just seemed to have these kind of little niggling setbacks for the Gordon Elliott team. Yeah, you know, he's just fulfilling a bit of potential now, I think. Yeah, he certainly does look like a three-miler on errands. Yeah. Decent little maiden, I thought. Yeah, it looked good. I was really taken by that performance again. Want to keep an eye on. Gold Cup, a few to mention. We'll start with Equat de Rear, obviously one at 25. It was impressive at Wexford. Henry de Bromhead has a lot of horses and potentially going for this race, but he could be a really out, outsider. Yeah, he could be the dark horse novice that you know, comes from the goes through the ranks and 
he did jump really well. He actually quite, he jumped quite well at Cheltenham before a mistake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think he'd probably place that day, given what happened in the race. Uh, it was a good performance. He does have these novices, as we discussed last week with Gavin. Um, Manila Indo and Apple that, that that race was we be too mad. I mean, it was, it was a mid mid one seventies performance. So you're, you're looking at Eklat here to improve at least a stone to get mm. into the mix. Could do times on his side, but yeah, it's, it's a third it's a third option that Henry de Bromhead has. And if you're good at Cheltenham, Rachel Blackmore is unlikely to be involved um, for for any of his the next races this season because he'd be bumping into Manilindo and Apple I think. Yeah, definitely. We'll touch on that race at Down Royal, obviously the champion chase. It was one of the best races we've seen in a long time. All four horses really caught the eye. That's very rare that happens. Obviously, Galvin won before in, in good fashion, but we'll start with Frodon. Obviously, won a Ryanair. He's, we saw last year, he just got outpaced in the Gold Cup, just couldn't go with the pace, but Frodon, he battled so well. That relationship with Brian Frost is just so underrated. Warrior like was it? I mean, I, yeah, I'm happy that I backed him in the day. It was probably the only success in the day that I got. But <laughs> when, when he swamped two out, you're thinking he's going to be tailed off fourth here. And yeah, that's what I thought. Right, but fends them off, and when he gets his right conditions and his right, the right tactical scenario, paints him. It's it a very, very good horse. Um, Cheltenham, the Gold Cup trip is. Too far from simple mm-hmm. as that, and, and probably taking on for Lena Ryan here. So, a, a bit, a bit like Clan Dovo in a way, you know, just, just pick your moments, pick, pick the right races, and you get decent prizes from outside Cheltenham. Yeah, King George will be next on the agenda. King George will be next on the agenda. It's going to be very keen to see what happens there. Manel Ando obviously won last year's Gold Cup again, just couldn't just battle throw down in the day, but some of the jumps Manel Ando had were so good. It just looked, there was a lot of, lot of time in the race. I thought, he is looking brilliant. And last year, you could say he struggled a wee bit, kind of this time of the year. But this, I think he's, I was, couldn't ask, apart from winning, he couldn't ask for a better start. Yeah, he drifted before the off as well. He was a bit fat in the paddock. So they certainly let him, certainly a little bit more to do in terms of fitness-wise. With him. And that's what happened. You know, he jumped really well and then he just tired out of it. Um, I'd be very encouraged by his performance, actually, because, as, as you say, his, his jumping outside of Cheltenham you know, was a bit suspect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that was a lot of improvement. Yeah, definitely. Galvin's obviously won. I thought at the start of the, maybe last year, they're maybe going towards a Grand National, maybe even a, maybe a step up and obviously won the National Hunt Chase last year. I wouldn't have thought Gold Cup would be the target, but I think now it could be if he's, He's hung well with the likes of Manel Ando and Frodo and he's potentially this could be an option for him. I think race fitness flattered him a bit. Um, and I also think he'd probably like better ground, but he, he, he certainly showed that he's a, he's a grade one operator, you know what I mean? But he, he can go to Grand National off a big weight. Tiger Roll can do it, you know, so, so can he. Um, many clouds, for instance, you know, you can get in the win six season and, and run it a national off a top weight. He, he just strikes me more of a kind of a a Dower Steer rather than a classy Gold Cup type, but I could see him running both. I could see him running the Gold Cup. You know, a lot of horses have done that before. Yeah, definitely. And then let's have a tilt of the national. I think he's, I think he's a constitution of a horse that wouldn't mind top weight as well either. Mm-hmm. Um, but his race fit in the day, he jumped quite well and 
the ride that he got from a very good talent of the amateur that came in the last last minute and, and Jamie Codd over over um, David Russell. He got a really good ride. It was uncomplicated. And he was kind of the last to make the challenge as well. You know, it was kind of Minnelindo came first, fending him off the Delta work came and then rode on uh, just fended off Galvin up the running. And I was actually encouraged with Delta work as well. I thought he jumped a lot better than he's shown in the past year or so. Yeah, Gorney like, was kind of right to pull rank there and see because Jack Kent is really important to him. He's a horse that he's a horse that needs the rider to kind of make up his mind for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're in sync, they're quite good. And he always needs his first run of the season as well. So I'd, I'd expect him. Well, Gavin was race fit and ready for it. I would expect him to want to come on, but more than more than he would. Yeah, final race for the top of the Gold Cup. You'll, you'll see here I'm talking about Envoy Allen in the Gold Cup as opposed to Ryanair. That's maybe a debate we're going to have in a minute or so. When it came to, but obviously the race, second season, Norwich Chase at Down Royal was a perfect race to run him in just to get him back to fitness, see if the old spark was still there. Looked flat, flashy, just looked brilliant, just visually just looked really impressive. It seems to be Ryanair's a plan. I know that's probably a lot down to the how much the uh, Bromhead has in that race, but we couldn't ask for a better comeback for Envoy Allen, could we? No, he looked magnificent as well in the pre-parade ring. I mean, if you look at the scene Manila Indo beforehand, you would have thought, well, I think Henry Bromhead's horses seem to be needing the run a little bit. So you're kind of worried if, if, if the bit condition left for Envoy Allen. Not the case. He looked stunning, looked fit, really fit, uh, and his jumping was really sharp. Mm-hmm. There's no deformity behind, no. <laughs> That's always been the thing with him over fences, always. You see his bumper form and his novice hubble form, you could argue it's as good as for a form as any horse we've seen in the past 10 years. Chase-wise, maybe not so much, but has that been down to maybe that a lot of trainers have been avoiding going up against him? Yeah, I think there's a bit of you know, fearful small fields against him last season. Um in terms of Chelm, the Ryanair is always moved because he's not slow. He's got a bit of pace. Um, you can try and see him slip streaming Allah over something like that and, and dictating things. I think but, if he's still with Gordon, though, I think the Gold Cup's definitely the plan. Yeah, he was bought to be a Gold Cup yeah. horse, but you know, he, he just looks too fast. A, a Gold Cup contender there with one that they may have looked a bit late on the process. He's got too much speed at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Get it in time. He probably still could get it now, but um, in terms of potential, I would, I would be. They might have a tilt of the King George or something with him. That that might be a possible plan. And what I want to know about him is how well he travels over from Britain to from Ireland to Britain because twice he's kind of not seemed to enjoy it. So if you're going to Cheltenham, but I would maybe be inclined to go to Kenton just to see how he takes it in. New yard, new stable, new surroundings. Try and get to know him a little bit, a little bit better that way. But he, all he could do in the day was, you know, win, prove his well-being was fine. And you know, I think he's, that chip joint seems to be put behind him. Um, John Durkin, I think, might be next. Yeah, it seems to be. I think that John Durkin could be absolutely stacked. Well, it's Alec will go, and I think they've mentioned a couple other horses they could potentially line up there. That could be a stacked race. But final horse, we're nearly there, Callum. We've got one more horse to mention in the Mayor's Chase. Gin on line, 12 to 1 in now to, for that race. She won very impressively at Tipperary, beating Alexa Bustleton. Fancy Foundations obviously fell. She's been a difficult horse to keep right. We've known maybe in her juvenile season, we thought she was going to be a lot better than she's shown, but she looks as if she's improved. Yeah, 
just a thing of keep, keeping her sound, isn't it? Um, Rob Pure's got quite a lot of ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, the mayor's chase does look an obvious. Um, yeah. I think you'd just like to see her string a couple a couple of these kind of performances together first before, before diving in for a long-term target. Yeah, definitely. And that has been our rather long recap. We'll take a look at what's coming up this week. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of action this week. We've got two races at Wincanton, the Elite Hub and the Rising Stars. We're going to actually have, well, obviously have the column on Saturday morning where we'll take a look at it in more depth. Anything anything really you're catching your eye? Goshen obviously comes back to the Elite Hub and Brave Man's Games and the Rising Stars. Are they two that would probably look rock solid right now? Probably. Um, the Rising Stars are usually quite a good race. The Elite Hub as well. They're both both quite nice. Uh, I would just prefer to wait and see what the final declarations are before, before diving in. But the one I like the Grand Sefton for quite a while, Senior Citizen. Mm-hmm. He was at home over the entry fences last time. We dropped back and trip. He likes to try. Alan Kegness, the horses are doing quite well. I think he'd be interesting if he takes that up. He's probably the only one that I've really kind of earmarked for the weekend at the moment. Yeah, I think it's going to be. We'll definitely have more detail on that in the, the next few days. But we'll move on to kicking off our main event, the anti-post picks. Let's get our portfolio started. We've got one pick each to kick off this week. You want to go first or will I go first? What, what race is yours in? So we know we're not get the same one. Uh, Mayor's Novices Huddle. Mayor's Novices Huddle. I've got one in the Ballymore. So you go first. Mayor's Novices Huddle. What have you got? It's uh, Bell Metel okay. at 16-1 for Willie Mullins. I just think this horse is probably going to be earmarked for the Mayor's Novices Huddle. I think Willie Mullins wants to win it again. He dominated it for years uh, in, 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 in its inception. And I think he wants it back. Kenny Alexander's the owner. Just think that combination seems to be destined for for some success. Expect her to win a, an easy maiden quite soon. Um, I just think she'll be top rank. It's meant to be pretty good. Her bumper form visually was very impressive. And it's just a connection thing. I, th- I think the Mullins Alexander combination it seems to work quite well in these type of races. So I think 16 is just about fair enough to, to get the ball rolling. Brilliant. I have got one in the Ballymore and I'm I'm kind of going over new t- old territory here, but I'm starting the way I started last year. I'm going with Journey with me. 14 to 1 I've got for the Ballymore. So same profile as Bob Bollinger. Looked, looked more impressive than Bob Bollinger on its bumper. This exact same bumper at Gowden Park. So again, just really excites me. Just the same profile. Hopefully see him soon in the next couple of weeks. I'm really, really keen to get off to a flyer. Journey with me, 14 to 1 for the Ballymore. It's fair enough to me, yeah. See the thinking behind that. I'd, I'd probably say Ballymore's is going to be his trip as well, you'd imagine. Yeah, that seems to be the plan. But again, that's that's our anti-post picks off to a, a flying start. That will do us for this week's episode of SM Media's Road to Cheltenham 2022. I want to thank Callum for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Yep, brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Obviously, keep an eye on what's coming up on the channel. Obviously, we're going to have our column on Saturday. You've got your racing diary on the Scottish Daily Mail on Sunday. It's a Sunday morning, isn't it? Uh, yeah, normally every, normally every Sunday. Sometimes take a take a break when I'm on holiday like today. 
very good. But uh, keep an eye on that. Obviously, if you if you're a Scottish Daily Mail reader, and all, we'll we'll post links and things like that for that. Please stay tuned to our podcast and YouTube channels for more uh, Road to Cheltenham content in the next few months and follow us on social media. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Oh,